Hi, this is Adam Klein, managing partner and faculty member at New Ventures West. And after a little bit of a hiatus, we're back with episode 20 of our podcast, Stepping In, a podcast where we delve into how integral coaching can address some of our most pressing issues we face as individuals, as communities, and as stewards of our planet. Today, I'm talking with Andrea, who is the CEO and founder at the Awesome Institute, where she and her team coach executives to be more effective at work while also being more connected humans in leadership and all of life. We began speaking about what drew Andrea to integral coaching and why she finds it an effective and potent way to work with leaders. I think the, the sort of whole person, multidisciplinary approach um, appealed to me the most in that it's, that's always resonated for me kind of in the world, that learning lots of different things um, has always been really helpful. Uh, so when I had already started my practice, my coaching practice, when I started at New Ventures West and it fit um, kind of the way that I was approaching coaching um, the best of any other program that I could find, but of course had way more structure and um, depth and everything compared to what I was already doing. So it just felt like a way to really enrich the work that I was already um, curious about doing um, and, and hasn't disappointed in the years in the years that followed it's really been been super useful and we we use it even more than i than i thought we would in our day-to-day coaching and in our the process that we lead our clients through um yeah we work with uh mostly leaders uh, mostly executive level so c-level sort of senior vp level um from smallish companies i think our smallest client is about 15 million in sales up to about 900 million in sales. Um, Mostly in the U.S. we have a few international clients. Um, So we work with, those are our primary uh, individual executive coaching clients and then we do some small group coaching and now we have some um, large group coaching classes that we offer as well for for lower level leaders. So our small group coaching is for sort of mid-level leaders and then um, the classes are open to anyone who wants to, to learn. Yeah. And what was the inspiration for starting your company? So my business partner and I uh, come from the entrepreneur world and we both had several companies before and were really involved in a lot of entrepreneurial education groups over the years. and most on the volunteer side. And we were very aware of the particular kind of suffering that entrepreneurs experience. Um, And so we were really excited about helping entrepreneurs with this, um, with their suffering and and how to grow and how to see themselves in a different way and, um, and how to help them alleviate that a bit. And then as we did more and more of our work, we, um, realized that entrepreneurial suffering was not unique in any way, that it is essentially human suffering that everybody <laughs> deals with. And um, the New Ventures West way of, of helping people or supporting people through that is, is really quite similar for anyone. And we decided to focus on leaders because of the impact they have on everyone around them. So if we can mm-hmm. support and help leaders in an organization shift, the impact of that can be so great compared to helping somebody else who doesn't have a lot of influence uh, on other people, 
neither of their suffering is any better or worse than the others. But for us, especially with our background in leadership, it made a lot of sense to say, like, where can we have the most impact? Where can we help the most people? And for us, leaders have been have been that for the past uh, six years or so. Now we're starting to to help lower level leaders. We're starting to help basically anyone in these larger format um, classes uh, because it really doesn't matter. This work is is super useful for anyone. And what kind of impact have you noticed in your work with leaders? What have you seen take place? It's it's really been pretty astonishing in that, um, you know, while we don't go in and do big cultural engagements, when you work with the CEO or COO or whatever in a, in a company, their influence on the company is really quite profound. So when you teach a super smart strategic person that emotions are a thing or, you know, somatic awareness is helpful or about the Enneagram or whatever, and they really start to see the value of that they start spreading it to the entire organization. So it, it happens in lots of different ways. They might have different initiatives. They might bring in training. They might just relate to people completely differently. I have one client who's been, who founded his company about 25 years ago, and he's got thousands of people who work for him. And he's changed pretty dramatically over the past couple of years. And it's really starting to change the way the organization is run. Um, which in, in turn makes a lot of space for the other leaders. He has about 40 leaders at the company uh, for them to grow and for them to step into the work in, in new ways, both the work at the company and their own personal development work. Um, and they've got, you know, all kinds of coaching programs and different educational things throughout the company uh, so that because that awareness is there from the very top, that these sorts of shifts are possible and this sort of work is valuable, uh, that, that a lot of people are getting to, to be involved. Mm. And can you say more about like the way that you're working with them that has this impact take place? Like, what are you learning about what works when you're working with a leader? I mean, I guess the, the, the short version is probably we use the new ventures West methodology um, way more out of the box than I expected we would because I'm not one to like follow process as a <laughs> as an Enneagram eight. I like to think that, you know, my way is going to be like a little bit better. Um, yeah. But we've just found the, the process so useful. We use programs that are that are pretty similar to, to what we learned um, in the, in the new ventures like PCC program. And we combine that with a lot of real world, real world experience and understanding and pairing those two things together. Like, what's real, what's practical, and how does all of this little more oblique or indirect work really support the day-to-day? -day? Because if they can't see that, then it's not going to be meaningful enough for them to really grab onto it, is what we found. Right, right. So I'd love to explore this more because I think it's one of the, well, it is one of the questions we sometimes get, like, oh, this seems so woo-woo or ethereal or whatever. Like, how does this help? I think earlier this year, I think it was in January, I wrote an article called Integral Pragmatism, like how these two things can live together, like being pragmatic mm. and integral. But I'd love to hear from you in your experience, of, mm. like you just said, marrying those two things together. How have you seen that go? Or what have you seen that works? Have you seen them support each other? So a lot of times when we're, when our clients are choosing a coach, they're looking at, you know, 
us and maybe one or two other coaches that tend to be more like goal oriented, like we're going to help you increase your revenue or we're going to help you get clear in your strategy or something like that. And then they talk to us and we're talking about all these weird things and they don't, and they don't get it. And what we talk about is that if you're really looking at long-term development, so we only do programs that are a year in length. We don't do anything that's less than that. Um, if you're looking for long-term development, you need to balance those long-term objectives with the day-to-day -day support that you need. So <clears throat> we actually explain the models that we use, some of them, uh, particularly the six streams um, of the different competencies and that sort of thing, and, and help to open people's eyes to the idea that there's a lot of stuff that we have to know and be good at, or that we can know and be good at. And of course, we're not gonna be great at all of them. And if we can pick up a little bit of of knowledge in each of these areas or a little bit of skill in each of these areas, it can really raise our game. And when we start, uh, when our clients start to realize that there are these whole areas that they might not be paying attention to, they get really intrigued. Um, and when we start, you know, with intake and talking about the environment that they're working in, which is something that's very alive for a lot of people right now, right? They're, they're beautifully crafted offices with everything that they need there. Now suddenly they're working in a corner of their house. And how does that affect your work and that it does affect your work and that it's actually a really important thing that they have a much better understanding of this so we help them to see that it's not one or the other it's not oh my god help me with the crisis that's going on today and or you know where am i going to be five years from now and and how do i want to grow it's about both of those and so awesome institute coaches we we build this into the programs and then we hold both of those things for for our clients so how, what's going on in your life right now, personal, professional, whatever, and how does that relate to your longer term development? And we're always helping you make that connection so that they can start to see relatively quickly, um, oh, I'm doing the thing that I'm working on long term, and it's showing up again and again and again in all areas of my life, um, and really bringing connection and meaning to those, those long term developmental goals. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. And partly what I'm hearing is because you brought in the one of the models, the six streams of competence, which looks at our cognitive intelligence, emotional intelligence, somatic intelligence, relational intelligence, spiritual intelligence, and integrative intelligence, and building competencies in those or capacities in those different streams which is going to have an immediate impact and a long-term impact. So that's one of the things I'm taking away from what you're saying is like we're built, the, the method is, and you're working with leaders is let's build competencies, which are going to impact short-term and long-term outcomes. So it's a yeah. shifting away from like what gives the outcome in the first, in the first place. What's like, well, what are you paying attention to? What are your skill sets here? Yeah, and I think we have a lot of transparency in the process, too. We don't just sort of whip something out of our magic coach hat and try to get them to do it. Like, we're always saying, this is why we're doing this. We might have some really practical exercise or some really weird out there custom thing, but we're always going to say, this is why we're doing it. And actually, in our programs, when we have our um, outcomes that we're, that we're driving to over the course of the year, where we list our um, 
self-awareness activities and practices and that sort of thing, we always link which, which outcome are these connected to? What are we, why are you doing this? Um, so that the thread doesn't get lost. You know, after a while, when they coach with us, they start to trust that the thing that doesn't seem connected to the other thing, there, there is a connection, but I think it's really important for them to like, be really clear on what that connection is. Um, because we can sometimes forget. And I find that when they get the connection, they're more likely to keep doing the work. They're more likely to be connected to the, uh, the pain or the, the benefit uh, that they're trying to get from the work instead of sort of slogging through, you know, their list of practices in hopes that life will sort of vaguely get better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At the beginning of the program, what's the, uh general feel from your clients like how are they do you sense skepticism openness what's it like uh it's a good question i think it depends quite a lot um and i think i can mostly speak for my clients versus my other coaches um i think my personality um might be a little bit different um i tend to work with a lot of eight clients actually um because mm -hmm. they I, from what they've told me, they, they find someone that can meet them and, um, and they tend to, once they test me a few times, then they tend to relax. Um, but it, but it does, but it can take a while. There's definitely some skepticism. Um, yeah, I've ha I had one client, you know, sort of grill me for 15 or 20 minutes in, in our first discovery call. And then she said, that's it. I'm done. I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, I'm in. Whatever you want to do, I'll do. Didn't ask me pricing, didn't ask me any details about how the coaching was going to work. She just like poked at me enough that she felt like I can work with you, I can trust you, and you can, you can feel me and, and be there with me. And, and she was in, and we worked together for a couple of years. Um, and, it was, and it was great. So that, that's not unusual um, sometimes, but, but other people really want to understand the methodology and they want to understand the process and they want to understand the transformation and, or the practical aspects of it too, right? Especially if they're selling it to their boss. Um, mm -hmm. How will this benefit my leadership? And we, we build into our programs some of those translations as well. So not only how do the... Um, how does the work connect to the outcomes we're driving to, but act, what are the leadership outcomes as well? Um, and then mm -hmm. different ways of thinking about it so that people can find, um, find meaning and, and find purpose in the work. If it doesn't have that, then it's not, it's not a good program and it's not gonna, it's not gonna inspire change, I think. Mm -hmm. what, what do you think gives them the confidence or trust that it's going to work out. I think it's different for everyone, um, but I think that their experience with with their coach in the first call in those discovery calls that we do is is really critical. And I remember when I was in the PCC and we were doing our first um, coaching session with a stranger who you know signed up for to be coached and came in and we're like, we're halfway through the program. We don't really know anything. How are we going to help this person that we know nothing about? And the faculty were like, don't worry, it'll be fine. And it was kind of amazing. And we were all shocked. And after 
uh, Julie Engel, the, the leader of, of my PCC, was like, most people have never been listened to in the way that you just listened to them in their entire lives. You just spent 30 minutes or whatever it was just really being present and really being with someone, and they've never had that. And it was shocking, and I think it's true. I think people are not used to that or have never experienced it. And it's, it's when, they, when they have that right from the first moment with a coach, they realize what's possible and they realize um, how supportive that environment can be. And they really feel seen. And that I think is the thing that gives them the confidence to do the work and that they can trust us and that they feel comfortable with us to, to really reveal everything. I mean, we're, we're executive coaches, but we talk for us, like nothing is off the table. We talk family, we talk relationships, we talk work stuff, we talk health um, a lot, not occasionally. So, and we make that really clear up front that if you're not willing to talk about all of those things, then we can't do our work together. Um, but I think it just comes back to, you know, the fundamentals that Julie talked about, which is be there with them. And, and that's our most important job. Yeah, I'm really impacted by what you just said, like being there with them and how people like, really don't get listened to in this way. So in the example you talked about with that client asking all of her questions after 15 to 20 minutes. The sense I had was it wasn't so much the answers that you were giving necessarily, but that you were unflustered, that you were with her, that you were paying, listening to her. And she could feel that from you. So this. Yeah, that's right. I know we always want to talk about like, oh, we gave her the right answer. The very tangible things, which are important, but there's this other layer of the relationship, the coaching relationship and how that can get established so quickly. Yeah, I think that was really the, you know, one of the biggest learnings for me and the, maybe the year after I finished PCC was, you know, that you sort of arm us with all of these tools and all of these processes and, and everything. And like, you know, I have an MBA and 15 years of leadership experience and I know business leadership things to say, but none of that stuff, usually matters um especially the high level leaders they're used to power dynamics they're used to controlling the room they're used to influencing people and to be able to feel comfortable enough to sort of lay all that down and be vulnerable and be open and be curious um there has to be a relationship and it has to happen quickly um and it has to be powerful i think for them to 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 really get into that work. Um, because most people don't, at, at this level, they don't have many people that they can relate to in this way. Mm -hmm. They're so used to being at the top or having to hold it all together or having to um, you know, be responsible for so many other people that they don't really get to think about themselves that much. And this is their right. chance to, to take some time for themselves, often in the service of others, but sometimes it's just, you know, their own time. And that's, I think that's really important that we can that we can support them in that way. And that's really meaningful to me personally too, to be able to, I mean, I was that person for a long time and I didn't have coaches for most of my career. And I, and in looking back, I realized how different my experience could have been both professionally and personally health wise. You know, I had the classic story of 
running myself into the ground, like literally crash and burn, like end up in the hospital kind of sick because I didn't understand self-care. I didn't understand, um, you know, all of these different elements and, and for me to get to help clients and not do that, super, super meaningful, super powerful. And at the same time, it helps me to, to continue to practice that work in my own life and to lead my company now and to lead my family now and in a different way, a different way of being, a different way of leading, a different way of following. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned just a minute ago when you were saying working with clients and that it's paying attention to all the areas of their life, not just work, which includes personal life relationships. And you said, and health, I think you said, and that comes up a lot. Yeah, it does. You know, most of the clients we we work with have been very affected by this culture of um, achievement, overwork, grit. I hate the word grit. I know everybody loves it right now, but to me, it's code for sacrifice yourself for something, money or power or the greater good or whatever. And um, I've been through that and it doesn't work. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. you have to be able to take care of yourself before you can do anything for anyone else. Um, And we often start with clients, you know, how is your sleep? How is your nutrition? How is your exercise? How many hours a day are you working? Um, And we very often have clients that actually cut their work hours in half or maybe 50% um, within the first few months and get more done, run their companies better or run their teams better. Um, And they don't think that that's going to be possible. They kind of want to laugh and, and, and pat me on the head when I first talk about it. But as we start working on it, they realize that, that, you know, these things are true and it's only going to make their life better to have more energy and, you know, more resilience and, and feel better. Um, so that, that, that whole health line, while we're not health experts, we help people draw attention to how they're feeling and, and to, to help them support them in finding solutions for, for that kind of, uh, for that kind of work, because it's so foundational. I mean, we love to think that we're, you know, one of the things we say at Awesome Institute is we're not robots, we're humans. And we love to think that, you know, in the U.S. at least, that we're robots carrying around these brains and we'll just keep going and keep going and someday Google will buy our company for a billion dollars and um, or whatever. And that doesn't usually happen. <laughs> what happens is that you, you, we run ourselves into the ground and, and, and get thrashed and are very good leaders at that point and aren't very fun to be around. <laughs> I was laughing when he said, uh, they kind of pat me on the head because I could just imagine in my mind the client saying, oh, aren't you so cute? I need you to help me work harder and faster and not get burned out by working harder and faster. And you want me to work less. That's naive. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so I'm curious when you face that maybe initial reaction, how you work with it. Like what's your way of um, illuminating that this is actually – challenging this assumption of theirs about working harder is the way to go. Yeah. Well, sometimes I, I tell them the gory details of my own story. Um, mm. And, you know, to be honest, there's, there is credibility in, in having run several companies and, and the things that I've, that I've done over the years, which, um, which can be helpful. 
Um, I, I sometimes I tell them about other clients that have been through this work. And really what I'm checking for there is openness. They don't have to buy it in the first, like before they sign up, but there needs to be some openness. If they're like, absolutely not, I'm gonna work myself into the grave, then I don't wanna work with that client. But if they're intrigued, that's all I really need. And then we just do a little bit of work, a little bit of work until they start to see, um, until they start to see the shifts. And we have, you know, research that we've done, you know, one of the most impactful bits of um, research about sleep for me was you know, someone who struggled to sleep um, for most of my life. Um, you know, I can be one of those people that like doesn't need a lot of sleep, even though I actually do. Everybody, everybody thinks they're one of those people that doesn't need a lot of sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this, there was a study that said if you, if you pull an all-nighter, you know, you work all night or you don't sleep for a whole night, the next day you feel really physically impaired. And actually your reflexes are at the level of being legally drunk. Mm. Um, but if you sleep like less than six hours for more than four nights in a row, you're also operating at that same level. The difference is because it's gradual, you don't feel it. So you think you're fine. Mm. So we sometimes when we, when we, talk about this in coaching or when we teach we've taught classes about this we say like you know how many people come to the office drunk and make decisions about strategy and people and you know try to get along Mm. in meetings like if everybody was doing that drunk it would be you know a shit show but how many Mm. people come to work day after day year after year with not enough sleep like how much better could you be if just that piece was a little bit better and people are kind of shocked to hear that because you know, six hours or less of sleep is pretty standard for most of the people that start working with us. You know, it's, it's hard mm-hmm. to do all the things we want to do and in, in the amount of time that there is. So, um, so sometimes, sometimes things like that can help at least intrigue people. Yeah. And in this work with people, do values ever come to the forefront of what are you most, what's most important to you or because we've listened to anything about in terms of prioritization or what to look at, how to reorient themselves in their life? Yeah, we, we definitely do that. We don't do a lot of um, traditional values work with individuals. Sometimes we do. Um, we do. We do a lot of it. We do more of it with organizations. Um, but we do often say, like, you know, what's important to you? How do you want to be spending your time? How is that going? <laughs> You know, when people say my family and my health are my most important things, but I don't spend any of my time on them, um, you know, that that can help people, too. Yeah. What would you say if you were to think about this, this, the clients that you're work with, that you're working with and you're mentioning health here and people know it's important? and yet it still gets neglected. What would you say you're really working on with them? Yeah, so this is what, why we spend so much of the beginning of a program, really the first three to six months, really focusing on self-awareness more than driving a lot of behavior change. Um, and I liken it to the New Year's resolution way versus the uh, maybe the New Ventures West way, right? When we say, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to start sleeping better and taking better care of myself on, on New Year's day. And then, you know, by January 15th or something, it's kind of out the window. 
It's until mm-hmm. we understand why we're doing things or not doing things, we don't have much of a chance to change it other than by mm-hmm. like brute force most of the time. Even if we, you know, I, I'm real big into habits, but if we don't know what's driving those, we can't, it's just, it's just force, you know, or it's just mm-hmm. discipline. And that, that runs out after a while. So, you know, we, we often start our clients with the Enneagram work because it's a great way into self-exploration and if somebody understands that they're actually getting more fulfillment from helping others than from taking care of themselves, then of course they're spending that time on other people and not on their own self-care or health. Um, Mm. Or if they're, you know, super worried about things and they're spending all of that time making contingency plans. Well, that's how they feel safe and secure. So of course they're going to be spending their time doing that, not, not on self-care. And so when we start to kind of unwind those patterns and help people see them over time, then they go, oh, I'm doing the thing where I'm trying to, you know, get fulfillment from helping everybody else. But in the process, I'm trashing myself, which means I can't help people as much as I want to be helping somebody. So mm-hmm. if I'm really all about helping, I need to strengthen my foundation so that I can make a bigger impact on the world and maybe get some clarity on what that impact is or what that help is really about. Um, and over time, they might see that that extra hour or two of answering people's questions at, on email at nine o'clock at night isn't very impactful, that actually that time would be better spent um, on themselves or on their family or whatever. So that's when we really start to see a lot of long-term sustainable change. I mean, that's, and that's what drove me to New Ventures West in the first place, I think, is I've never liked the sort of quick fix go to a workshop, learn a new thing. It's awesome. It's totally going to change my life. And by Tuesday, I've forgotten everything or I haven't had time to implement it. And it's sort of out the window. Um, You know, we've all done this at a conference or a workshop or something like that or inspirational coaching thing. Um, And for me, that lasting change was really what's meaningful to me as a coach. Mm. And so this approach, while it's longer and it's slower and it can be more complex, it's not temporary. It's not fun, interesting, like in the moment kind of thing. It's not entertainment. It's, it's lasting right. work and it, and it changes people's lives permanently. Um, and all of our clients have found that. Um, and, and that is one of the most exciting parts of the work for me. Right. I'm really, I'm really appreciating this because it's highlighting how, like you said, um, like brute force sometimes our way of like, well, if I just muscle through this or, you know, you probably hear it from people. If I just get over myself, then this wouldn't be an issue or I could just do this. And there's this like behaviorism model that we have, Yeah. but it requires so much effort. To like constantly be monitoring and like this isn't the action I want to take or it's not natural for me but I'm going to push myself through it but then if we're totally depleted and worn out like what is our what is our capacity to always be monitoring what we're doing and driving ourselves to do something differently it, it wears out really fast like you're saying yeah so this way exactly. of saying, well, actually where is this behavior coming from in the first place let me study it a little bit and then work there. 
Yeah, and this is actually an opening that a lot of our clients have when they come to us because we we're working with people that are super successful, right? Like, right. They've they've achieved a lot. They're smart. They're competent. They they they've got a lot of skills. They've often brute forced their way through their life for the last forty years or whatever, right? Like, right. this is not an what you're describing is not unfamiliar to them at all. And suddenly, it's not working like it used to work. <laughs> right, right. Right. You've got a couple of kids. You've got all of these employees. You've got people all over the world. You know, you've got life happening, and it's just, it's just not working, and it's starting to feel like a grind. And people come to us, and they're like, "This has worked so well for me for so many years. What is wrong with me? Mm. Like, nothing's wrong with you. It just doesn't work that well, and it takes so much energy that when you're trying to do more, you've got to figure out a new way of, of doing things, a new way of, of being in the world. Um, and, and when people come to us in that space, that's really a, a really wonderful place to get into this kind of work, I think. Right. Well, yeah, because they're open to it, like you're saying, and that's really yeah. critical. Yeah. The other thing I think you're, for me you're highlighting is the role of coach which is to help people study themselves or look at their life, pay attention to what they're doing a little bit differently. Cause we all have our little, our blind spots about why we're doing what we're doing and to have someone there to say, well, maybe what would happen if you paid attention to this, that you're not paying attention to what might yeah. you notice about yourself? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and I think it can be really fun for people to rediscover themselves in ways they didn't think were possible. Um, mm. You know, maybe they're in later stages of their career or they've been doing the same thing for so long and, and being in the world in the same way to suddenly say like, oh, wow, like, I, you know, I never thought of myself as a, or I definitely thought of myself as not a meditation person or not an artistic person or not a person interested in any of these things. And suddenly I'm finding that I am, or I'm finding that in doing these things, I'm learning all sorts of fascinating, interesting things about myself. And it's, it's changing my relationship with my family. It's changing my relationship with my work, um, with the future in a lot of different ways, um, which is super exciting to be a part of, I think. Yeah. Watching people like reawaken to the lives that they already have. Right. All right. Hmm. What's it like for you to work with clients? Like, how are you impacted by them? I think I'm, I'm really inspired by them and I'm really grateful that I get to be like on the path with them. Hmm. Um, watching, watching my clients do this, often very challenging work um, day after day, month after month, year after year, and, and continue to, um, to learn more about themselves, to learn more about others, to learn different ways of being in the world in many of them, most of them, all of them in service of something greater. And that's really, that's really amazing to be a part of. Um, and I think, you know, now with the, you know, we're sort of in the midst of this pandemic and watching 
clients that I've been working with for years. We actually just did a whole alumni series of, of group coaching and brought back people um, who haven't coached with us in a while and, and finding where they are. And maybe they've been out of coaching for a few years even and, and how they're still using the work that, that we did together um, to help cope mm-hmm. and to help lead is, has been really, really wonderful for us. And then, you know, with the clients that we're currently coaching, watching how they're handling this is so different. And they know it's so different from the way that they would have handled it before this work. Um, and their ability to reflect and, and be resilient and, and be understanding of the human parts of, of their work is just, um, it's, it's really exciting. Um, mm. We've got quite a few clients actually that are, that are pretty involved in either essential services work or sort of peripheral, but, but close to it and, and thinking about like, how am I going to protect my employees and, and how are we going to have conversations about this stuff and, um, and what's coming up for me in this process and am I sort of dumping it on everybody else or am I dealing with it and, and sharing it in ways that are, that are useful or helpful or real. Right. 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 Um, and that, that makes me feel really good about um, the ways that we're helping leaders to grow and, um, and to embrace their humanity rather than reject it, right? To kind of go back, we don't have to be brains being carried around by robots. We can, you know, be full humans and still do this work really well. And, you know, from my perspective, I think we're much, much better at all of this stuff when we, when we use all yeah. of our, our humanness, right? Instead of just our brain. Right. Well, something you said earlier caught my attention too about this of how working with clients, and I find this for myself too, inspires us as coaches to keep up our own practices and pay attention to how we're living so that we're living what we're bringing to our clients, not just talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely resonates. Um, actually, I'm, I'm also smiling because I had a client send me a book a couple of weeks ago um, that, that he came across that was close to the work that we'd been doing together. And, um, and he was like, you should definitely read it. It's going to be great. And, and he sent me a book instead of me sending, sending him a book. So, um, you know, not only not only uh, being inspired to do my own work, but actually even, you know, occasionally supported um, by, by clients. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, it definitely helps me keep up my own work. It, it helps me remember the value of coaching. I mean, I have my own coach and um, to remember what it's like to be the client, I think is really important all the time and the challenge of that. And it's, and to have compassion and be with them. Like we don't, really think about it like like teaching them to figure it out or like helping them to do it. It's really like walking with them along the path because we don't right. know their work. We don't know their family. We don't know what they're up to. So we can't, you know, predict exactly how things are going to go or even kind of how things are going to go, but we can be with them along the way. And um, I think that's just as impactful for us in our own growth and development. If we look at it that way, um, yeah. as it is for the clients. Maybe one question there is, but how would, have you seen 
the natural translation of like how you are already working with clients support them in this pandemic. So I, I mean, maybe a better way of asking this question is, <clears throat> was it a big pivot in terms of coaching in the, co in the COVID environment versus coaching in the non-COVID environment? Not in terms of the content of what you're coaching on, but how you would coach someone. Because to me, it seems like the whole New Ventures West approach, um, this is a ripe opportunity for its application, not a, oh, we need to change how we're coaching. Yeah. For sure, um, I think it's. I think you're right. It's been a. It's been a continuation. Um, we actually do all of our have done all of our coaching on Zoom or almost all of our coaching on Zoom for years. So logistically, our clients are very used to working with us remotely and, and used to doing deep work remotely, which actually has been really beneficial for them as they transition their businesses online. Um, mm -hmm. I've heard a lot of stories about other people that are having a really hard time connecting with their teams online. And I think when you've had at least some experience doing that with your coach, it, it's helpful. Um, so that part has been has been pretty seamless for us. But you know, I think I think a lot of people at the beginning kind of went back a level, maybe back to immediate concerns for a while. Um, and for us to be there and to say like this is okay, like you can check in with your body, you can check in with your emotions. You can, you, you might not know what's there like you did two weeks ago, but you've got the tools, you have the practice. We're here for you. Um, mm -hmm. I, 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 have, I was at the beginning of this talking to clients more frequently. We usually talk twice a month. And so some of them would were, were talking to us a little bit more often. But otherwise, it was just sort of, you know, the same stuff. You know this stuff. You've got the skills here. Let's, let's lean on them. Let's practice together. Let's slow it down. Um, probably leaning more on somatics than, than usual. Um, you know, when, when your brain is going crazy with all of the unknown and emotions are all over the place and relationships and connections with other people are, are, are a little bit scattered. Um, you know, getting into the body is something that's always there and is actually a very practical tool for grounding and finding like, where am I? And then from there, how am I feeling? What am I thinking? How am I connecting with others? What is my, my connection to the, the greater world and, and how all these things fit together? So, um, I think that's probably been the biggest um, shift, but it hasn't been it hasn't been huge. All the programs still um, are very relevant, and mm. it's 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 quite obvious to the clients. Oh, I'm really doing the stress behaviors here, or I'm really reverting to the old way of doing things. How do I get back? How do I find mm. my way back? And and it's been it's been quite. Quite quick, actually. I've been I've been really surprised by how well people have been able to get back to um, kind of where they were on the path. Please spread the news by sharing this podcast on social media and letting us know what you think by emailing us at stepping in at newventureswest.com. Until next time, take care. <laughs>